Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My comic shirt, Ian. Second one in a row this week. I know yeah. if someone likes to watch it, look at what I'm wearing each week. I know you're out there. Mm. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. 2020. That's Ian Ferguson. Yeah, Plucky me. Ian Ferguson. I am eyebrowed, grown back Pat Contry. It's that grown back. On the show today, we'll be talking about the Lego NES set. It, it could be the best thing ever created besides besides waffles. Uh, latest Heritage, Heritage Auction WADA graded game roundup, including the Sega Pluto. A new NWC found a limited run update as well. And your Q&A. Ian, how was your weekend as I struggled through this intro? <laughs> it was a weekend. Um... It was a weekend. I, uh... You're working for it? What have I been doing this weekend? Well, I started organizing my records, which is... There's there's three stages, maybe four stages, to, to record, my or- record organizing. <clears throat> During the beginning of lockdown, Bonnie helped me. I didn't alphabetize them. Alphabetizing a thousand records is... Or however many it is, we'll find out soon. No, we just put them in alpha, uh, alphabet blocks. A's with A's, B's with B's, sure. C's with C's. Okay. That's good enough. Better That's than fine. nothing. That's, that was round one. Round two is actually scanning them into Discogs. Now, Discogs is the big record collecting app online that people use. And uh, now has a barcode scanner. Brilliant. Uh, which is nice. But it still brings up multiple versions of things. and it, it's, not as okay. co- it's not as convenient as, as, as you would think. Basically, it, it, it's, it's a very slow process. It took me most of yesterday to get about 140 records in. And I'm not even finished with the bees. So that'll, that'll be fun, I guess. Okay. To finish that. But yeah, I mean, that's that. I uh, I started playing the uh, new Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Oh, really? It's not new. Okay. It, it just it came into the store used, and I was like, this is an acceptable price for me to own it at. And uh, the story mode is just so bad. <laughs> is, this, is this on the Switch? Or? It's on the Switch. Okay. The game itself is pretty fun. But, I mean, it, um, it, it it's there's a little... Uh, game system that Bowser and Robotnik created, and they all get sucked into the game system and travel back in time to the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. <laughs> I like it. Yes. It's, I mean, it's doing something special. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was kind of my weekend. And 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 Mr. Driller, I've been playing a shitload of Mr. Driller as usual lately. Okay, Bonnie started on it too. 
she's getting good. Are you excited for Paper Mario at all? No. Coming out? You're not? No, not at all. Yeah, I know. If you're into games with, with blood and violence and sexual content and, yeah, and there's a lot of that. sexual compromising <laughs> positions and rape uh, on the Nintendo... That's a long if, sample, if Pat. Want, then buy a Switch. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, it's a long sample. Uh, that's accurate. But uh, <laughs> you cut out. You spoke over the best parts, by the way, because it was embarrassingly long. Kids in compromising positions. Anyways, I'm sure there's plenty of that in Mario <laughs> the Origami King, and I just don't want to deal with that. You don't want to deal with that. No, honestly, I mean, it, it's probably going to be a fun game. Nintendo generally, I mean, even when they're disappointing people, is usually doing so by making a fun game that is simply not the fun game that everyone else wanted. What people really want is a return to an actual Paper Mario RPG-style game. And this does not appear to be it. Like, from what I saw, there's no experience after the battles. The battles are called puzzle battles, so they're kind of like their own self-contained... So it's it's closer to action RPG, but not even. It's its its own thing, which is fine, and I hope people enjoy it. I do like the style of the games, but I really want something closer to the first two in the series, and I I, I just don't think I'm ever going to get that again. Okay. Real quick, Ian. We got stuff for sale at the store. We got the merch. We got the RBI baseball stickers. I've sold about 50 or 60 so far, and it hasn't made a dent in this thing. This is like one of those restaurant uh, toilet paper, you know, huge, huge rolls that last through the apocalypse. Of, of the Tengen RBI baseball stickers there. Go to ultimatenintendo.com. We got the we got the t-shirt, the limited t-shirt. We got... And new Ian, besides the CU Podcast Now pin, we have the Pixel Pat. The Pixel Pat pin. Does you think Vonnie would want one? Or no? She want to be reminded of my big hair every day? She there. might want one, yeah. She might want one. And uh, so go to ultimatenintendo.com. Also, there's only about 20 left of the Not For Resale documentary on blu-ray we gotta do a reprint so get those get your get your orders in right now of course you can get it on digital as well or on amazon but who wants who doesn't want the real thing ian when physical media dries up forever here the real deal uh, so this weekend uh what did i do this weekend um i didn't do a huge amount um i streamed on friday night i'm, I'm getting into the groove of streaming once a week on twitch twitch.tv slash uh country code i'm on i'm on to volume 11 i've done 10 weeks in a row of watching 80s commercials and it, it's it's my it's my twitch calling it, it, it's the most fun i'll ever have versus playing unreal and, and getting frustrated because i'm running around for a half hour and i can't find a little door switch that showed up magically you know anyway so that's that's what i've been uh, uh doing there i'm also uh cameo cameo.com slash pat country i haven't done a wedding proposal in a couple weeks so if you want to give me, if you want, to, if you want me to do a roast there, I did a roast of. Um, I'd explain, and I did for like four minutes why Return of the Jedi is worse than Empire Strikes Back, and it was the easiest cameo I've ever done. I should have probably put it on YouTube because I ranted and raved uh, for <laughs> for so much. So uh, that was a fun one. So uh, speaking of fun, Ian, you ever played The Sims in your life? No, I've never once played The Sims in my entire life, or or uh, Sims Online. Now we have a. A reality competition TV show coming to TBS based upon The Sims. Oh, boy. Woo! So, Electronic Arts, The Sims Sparked, a show centered on challenges in the virtual world game, will launch later this month on TBS under Turner Sports E-League Esports and Gaming Entertainment brand, as well as on BuzzFeed Multiplayer. I don't know. That's a thing. Which covers gaming, cosplay, and game culture that sounds horrible 
Use the Oxford comma in your article, Variety. You're killing me. In the four-episode show, which premieres July 17th, notable members of the Sims online community will compete in skills and elimination challenges in the simulation game, racing around the clock to impress the three-judge panel. The 12 contestants each specialize in an element of the Sims 4 gameplay, character design, whole building, and story. Uh, since its, its inception, the Sims event has been a groundbreaking experience, allowing players to create and virtually live out the st- stories they create in games, said Lindsay Pearson, GM of the Sims franchise. That's also why this show is so exciting. We're continuing to that innovative spirit, bringing our community together to compete and showcase their in-game storytelling on a reality show in an entirely new way. All right, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. So, they're, the, 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 yeah, they're I, playing this, in-game, but it's a reality show, so they're going to like put them all in the same room. Put a camera on the actual people playing, but you're focusing on the in-game stuff that they're doing while they're on the reality show. Yeah, I have a feeling that it's not so much a. It, it's a it, yeah, it's it's a reality competition. Um, but I think yes, it's basically there. I didn't know this existed. And this is not to insult people who do. I just I had no idea that this existed for the Sims because I honestly know almost nothing about this. Does Sims. it exist? Is there competitive Sims? Well, I, well, what I mean is like you know the Sims online community. I guess that makes sense. There would be people who would be really good at doing the houses or the character design and oh, stuff sure. like that. I just didn't realize there was like a. <sighs> Well, yeah, I guess I didn't realize there was, like, a Sims community out there. I didn't realize... That, that, that makes sense. I mean, the game's been around for 20 it years. It does. I just never thought about it. I always kind of thought of the Sims as something that people turned on and played by themselves, you know, themselves, and they made their own little worlds, but... I can picture people, like, going on Twitch and following someone who creates a whole world and, right. like, soap opera for their Sims character that you've been following for years, and, wow, I'm getting really weirded out thinking about something like that but I'm sure there's there's stuff like that that goes on so the yeah. 12 contestants each specialize it and yeah I'm sure they're going to get building and in, in-game challenges to do it's an interesting concept I don't know that I would ever watch it but it's it's interesting to see a game that I've never thought of as being competitive turned into something for competitive that's not competitive you mean something yeah something not- that's not competitive being you know used for something competitive do they, would they eliminate them hey you're you- your your character's hair isn't what we like. Get the hell out of the house. They gotta pack up their their bags and leave. It's just strange when you see reality show put in with a video game. Um, they did that with that tester series several years back. Yes. that Aaron Hansen was on, and it's like, well, we gotta make them do weird physical challenges and stuff to because that's what you do in reality shows, but it has nothing to do with what your job would be as a game tester. Right? You know, it's just bizarre things that will do with that at least with this it, it's um i don't know what do they what do they win here i didn't even get that far in the article here um i i don't know if we're yet to the point where one of these shows will be a smash success on a cable network where you're going to have the people that are only mainly online now go to cable to watch it and i can't picture me if i'm if i'm you know middle-aged uh, random person never heard of the sims or barely flipping through the channels to get the tbs and i see this on i'm gonna like stay on it like that's always the problem with me with when you bring these things to television like you have to find that non the non-video game audience for that particular game to watch it right you know and, and it hasn't happened yet and i think on, e, on espn well they're, uh, they're, that's the interesting i think uh, that's the interesting thing i think here though is that they're they are so they're they're reaching out with a game that generally gets people from non gaming audiences so i mean the sims itself is known as a game that interests people who are generally not gamers so i wonder if how know, that reach can go yeah they're wondering people. how far that reach can go that, exactly. that person watching the, the jeff foxworth the reruns will then stay on tbs and, <laughs> and watch uh and watch this show or was it samantha b full frontals on tbs i believe 
Uh, so, all right, that, that's all I got to say. It's uh, they they filmed it late last year, so it's it's been in the can for a while. And uh, I guess what what better time to bring it out than now, right? I I I, I, I talked about this with uh, uh, Kevin, the director of Not for Resale, just yesterday about how little production is getting done right now. I was I were thinking about well, there's no documentaries really being filmed this year because you can't go and talk to people or travel that much. So there might be a, a a lack of new content. I know for for movies they're they're basically hitting the pause button, so it's not as bad. But for like some TV and documentary stuff, there's going to be this gap that we're going to hit like next year probably with stuff that just you know, dead air. Yeah. Did you happen to see the suspicious macaroni and cheese box he posted to the internet last night? Who? Uh, Kevin. No, I did not. Oh, yeah. Uh, he posted a suspicious-looking macaroni and cheese box. Kevin James? Day. Kevin James. And I've been obsessed with this macaroni and cheese box. Okay, I'll have to check that out. He didn't bring it up in our conversation, the macaroni and cheese box. Anyways. Was it a new box or like a retro box? It, it's been an obsession of mine. Uh, no, it's uh, it's a box. It looks like it's a generic. Just a ge- He posted that he felt like he was being... Uh, uh, spied on by the FBI because this box of macaroni and cheese just looks so out of place. Look at that shit. Pasta USA! Well, it's in his house, right? So yeah. he, he put that I mean, pasta it's a joke, USA. But look at, it's, I mean, yeah, but it's, look it's, at that. It's, that. It's generic. It's like a movie prop. Do you, do you know of the, uh, the, the guy? He has a Twitter account, but uh, I, I don't know if he goes by his artist name or what, but uh, Obvious Plant. Oh, yes. It okay, looks like it. an obvious plant, but there's no gag. It's just the most generic-looking box of macaroni and cheese I've ever seen. He has his Clorox right in front of his Cheerios. It's kind of a weird spot that's, for that. That's weird. We're judging you, Kevin. I'm judging your pantry now, Kevin. Not on the phone. I didn't know this. I would I would have said, what are you doing with this? Uh, first of all, I, I, I do not agree with your macaroni and cheese uh, choice because it's probably a powder pasta made with real cheese. I want to see what the legal definition of Hanging real cheese is. Hanging in the is. void, just floating there. Real cheese macaroni and cheese. Uh, yeah, that powder, it was like, at one point it was real cheese in the past life, and then we... We distilled it down and made a powder form out of it. I can only do Velveeta shells and cream or, you know, deluxe. What state do you think Pasta USA is in? Or do you think Pasta USA is going to be the 51st state before D.C.? Before D.C.? Well, D.C. shouldn't be a state. That's all the conversation. That's silly. But uh, Pasta USA, it's probably, I'm going to guess... See, they throw me off. I want to say Midwest because it shows like the grain thing. Yeah, there's some grains. I don't think I was it's thinking Midwest. Illinois, but I, I don't think I don't I'm know. Gonna, I, that's right. I think they're throwing us off with that. <laughs> okay. I think it, it could be. It, it could be even like it could be like Massachusetts. We don't know. Shit. We well, that's right where Kevin lives. So you know, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, I might go start start looking at his morbid tweets. There. All right. Okay. That's that's an aside, Ian. Uh, Pasta USA. We should make T-shirts of that. <laughs> and sell them. USA. Pasta USA. Uh, the company would never notice. <clears throat> speaking of, speaking of something that we don't know is real or not, or um, this was an announcement <clears throat> I saw. This is how you can tell I'm totally I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a boomer right here uh, because people are excited about this, and I have no idea what this is. Fortnite YouTubers buy mansion. Um, these are four four or was it four or five? I think it's like five of them. Five uh, Fortnite YouTubers coming together as a new team called. Uh, one percent, barf, and, fucking barf. Yeah, the name. The name is. We can talk about disgusting. The name. It's a. It's, they, they 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 bought a mansion and they claim with their own money, and um, okay, and and four Lamborghinis they have out front. All you know, like like a rap video. They have them all like diagonally towards each other, and it's all staged, obviously, and it's a promo video. And I watched most of this video. I'm sorry. Of these kids, were kids, adults, they're legal. They have to. The, the average age of them is probably 19 or 20. 
I one the one guy walks past one guy kid god he's I'm double his age he walks past this like really awesome looking like double sided wine uh, wall display of wine bottles he's like yeah I can't even drink the wine yet but it's cool and walks away okay this kid's like 19 or 20 and so they they bought this what looks like a like a, almost like a prefab mansion overlooking a golf course somewhere um, which is strange it's like well, it's overlooking a golf course. Is that part of the golf course? It got me thinking about real estate matters. If I would want to own a mansion overlooking a golf course versus elsewhere. Anyway, but they walk through the house, and it's 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 a brag video. It's obviously like a brag video. Hey, we're we're professional Fortnite players. We got money to go in, uh, not halves these quarterlies to buy this mansion together. I don't know where the mansion is located. I, I don't want to think about how much this this place costs. It's it's obviously uh, over well over a million dollars, but it may not be as much as you think, depending upon where it is. But that's another conversation about real estate. Um, but uh, it, I guess it just shows just how out of touch I am because most people were positive to this, and but it turns out um, this one percent Fortnite house video, which is like a half hour long, it's really to promote their 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 sweatshirts and t-shirts. Their one percent branded. Look at all this money we have. Now give us more money. It's really bizarre. But I guess this is the new generation of celebrities for the Zoomers. Like, this is what they see as this is the people we look up to. Professional gamers that are flaunting their money. And they follow them, obviously, on Twitch and and their careers that they're in competitions. And now this is... I'm I'm, I'm ringing out. I'm officially out of touch. I think most Zoomers I know are smarter than fucking you know slobbering after this fucking uh, excess of trash like this is just awful but but this isn't like before i oh, i didn't remember i used to talk about how i didn't i didn't like really understand why why let's play videos were exciting sure i was just like why would you want to watch someone watch something pre-recorded they're playing a game for four hours this to me is beyond that it's like why would we want to watch a video of of these guys who bought this mansion somewhere who have they don't they don't have established even like nothing's even like they're not decorated most of the rooms they're walking across like by pianos that they're not piano players like oh this is a piano that Frank Sinatra used to play Sinatra didn't play the piano yep um, it's just funny to see this it's like to- so out of touch but it's supposed to be like a celebration of we have the wealth to, to attain this it's not something this should not be celebrated it's a celebration is, of excess solely for the celebration of excess it's gross it's disgusting it's excess ignorant wealth these 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 kids, uh, young adults, should be saving their money, being smart about it, and this has the potential to end horribly. Uh, that, that's well, that's um, what I was going to say. Uh, I I mean, I grew up. I went through those eight, that 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 age range. I know that every group of friends I've ever known that ever went together on a house, it's always blown apart horribly. Young, especially in this situation, young men with egos and money. Yes. And, and it's the, going. It's not, and, and that's. I'm not, and, and and I realize there's already probably people typing away. We're eating so crabby. Um, no, that's just how the fucking world works at that age. You get four or five dudes under one roof who are just figuring out adulthood, who have shitloads of money and egos to boot. It's gonna get nasty. <clears throat> yeah. Um, one comment to think that they bought this house from clickbaiting kids online is actually insane. Yeah, they probably couldn't get the, get a loan for this house. They're too young. They probably don't have the established credit for something this obscenely expensive. If they bought, if they wouldn't quarter it with cash and bought it outright, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. You know, I mean, good for them if, if they can uh, if they do that. But yeah, I guess I guess you gotta be making. 
you got to be pulling in hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, uh, so thousands of dollars per year in order to just say, I got the cash to go in like this. Formula Kiwiz Nix Random with D-U-M-D. I actually like that name, Random, there. And I don't know. I'm officially out of touch. That's that's all. When I watch this, I'm I like, don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I can't believe this is even considered news. And the, and the one percent name, obviously, it, it's not. I guess we're cool. We're in the one percent. I'm guessing they mean one percent of gamers. Like we're the one percent of Fortniteers. You know, top one percent. You know, you're number one. Whatever. Uh, I don't get it. The one percent uh, is a brag. No, it goes back to the one percent. The people with the money. The people with the power. Well, this. It could, yeah. Yes, it doesn't matter if that's I, not what they say it is. That's what it is. You chose that name knowing it already had a connotation. Yeah, and then you're you're charging thirty dollars for your shirt. The logo fucking sucks, by the way. Of course, um, the, the logo's like a like a late '90s rapper's logo. That's what it looks like. Just generic like money block block letters, oh, you know, sort of thing. It's like okay, you, you're right. Well, just be be smart. Be smart. That's all I'm gonna say. Be smart with your money. And this has potential to end horribly. That's all I'm going to say. That's, that's all. I'm not going to say it's going to end horribly. It, the risk of ending horribly is bad there. All right. Um, this is actually pretty good news, Ian. Well, I, well good news. It's just it, interesting next step. About I'm sorry. It. Before I forget, but someone very nicely sent me. Oh, okay. I, was, I don't know where you're going with that. Three tubs of beer cheese. Okay. Is it, for, is it for bathing? No, it's for eating. Okay. I was going to eat it all, but I thought maybe you might want some beer cheese. Okay, you're going to grab it right now? This is like old school unboxing podcast segments from 2013. So I don't forget. I even brought you some pretzels. Oh, thank you. Wow, this could be... Oh, holy shit. This is like the first time you brought me food on the podcast, I think. We should probably put that in the fridge. But it's delicious. (laughs) It's delicious. Hull's Snappy Beer Cheese. All the way from Kentucky. (laughs) Did it come from the Hull's? The halls of beer cheese? Yeah, it's very good. Uh, that was sent by uh, Hiding Hippie uh, from Kentucky, and I... Should this be refrigerated to eat? Yeah, you should refrigerate it. It's not going to do it. It's fine. It's it's not... It's it's fucking cheese dip, Pat. It's not bad. Okay, it's the middle of the, middle of the summer in San Diego here. It's we got the fans my, it's on. It's been in my bag for an hour. Anyways, yeah. It should be in the fridge. You're trying to make me sick by, off your beer cheese. That's that's what you want to do. Anyways, it's delicious. It's delightful. You're, you're, you're going to take over the podcast next week. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be in bed from on Zoom. <laughs> All right, you keep talking about the Internet Archive, and I'll put that in the fridge for you. Uh, now, now he realizes he has to do it. I guilted him. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> this is another first. Ian walks off the podcast in the middle of it uh, in order to put beer cheese in the fridge. All right, Internet Archive. Uh, added DOS browser emulation recently. Uh, emulation. Okay, so this is interesting because the Internet Archive uh, has had digital libraries and archives for game ROMs, and you know they've had lots of DOS games in the past. We saw about in the podcast before. This is taking it one step further. Now they're going to offer you the ability, Ian. You heard of the entire thing. Now the Internet Archive is not just offering you the DOS games; they're going to build in. The, the emulator in your browser to load up and play them, which is significant um, because obviously DOSBox can be complicated. Yep. Um, obviously, if you buy if you buy it on good old games or on Steam, it usually, comes with a pre configured. Yes. it has it ready to go. This if you if you just download the the uh, uh, abandonware, wink wink. Most of the stuff isn't abandoned at this point. A lot of it is though still, uh, but the games most people want to play aren't abandoned because they're popular. Um, you can you can be able to play like Oregon Trail in your browser 
or play, you know, 90s, you know, probably, you know, probably, you know, 90s shooters here. Let's see. He's got Prince of Persia is listed on here. Pac-Man, SimCity, Ant, Settlers 2, Disney's Aladdin, uh, Golden Axe, and more. And the Golden Axe was on the PC. I guess a lot of that Sega stuff was at one point mm-hmm. there. Um, find a game you want to play. You click on it. You'll be redirected to a new page. You can launch it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so this is what I'm going to say here. We're, we are treading to the point of danger now when you make it this easy to play these games. Um, and I don't want this to blow up the Internet Archive spot for, for this being a, you know, a place to store these games. Uh, because, as, as I've said before... Well, the Internet Archive's been in, in the news a lot lately. We're not going to blow up the Internet Archive No, spot. but <laughs> now they are providing a way to play the games illegally through their own site. Sure. Versus just offering... Even if, if you want to say it's a gray area to offer the ROMs, it's not technically. It's illegal. But now they're saying, okay, Ian, you can play a whole library of games on here that the copyright holders may... Some may disagree with this and come after them uh, for that. Unless Maxis is okay that, you know, SimCity or EA owns it now. They're okay with SimCity being playable there. Maybe they don't care. But it goes back to, the to me, the, the, the difference between game preservation and game accessibility. They're not the same thing. And that's where I have disagreements with, other, with my esteemed colleagues, is that um, the, the ability to preserve the game and have it preserved is not the same as anyone being able to play the game easily. That's preserved. That's not what game preservation is at its heart. And this, to me... Could cross the line. I mean, I personally don't care. Go at it. Play, play the games around. Go play Jazz Jack Rabbit and things like that. Go for it. But this could... It's annoy- hilarious that you say that, because literally what I'm doing right now is pulling Jazz Jack Rabbit up on my computer. <laughs> okay, that's bizarre. Okay. <clears throat> but, that is. Um, but well, yeah, here it is. Good old Jazz Jack Rabbit. And I guess Rabbit. you can hook up a, a, you know, a USB controller and play with that or use your keyboard, right? Um, so... Um, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, it, this isn't like, this isn't like a d- doom and gloom, but the, I, I fear for sites that do this. Cause like whenever those DOS, uh, NES browser sites, they, they get shut down. Nintendo, sure. Nintendo shuts those down. Lickety split. And this is basically the same thing, but with a bunch of different DOS games, but I do want to play. It looks like, Oh, there's a double dragon, uh, PC game. Ooh. In VGA graphics, red, uh, ugly magenta, ugly green, ugly yellow. I'll play that. At some point. All right, anything you want to add, Ian, or you just want to just uh, ignore me? And I'm just, just going to play Jazz Jackrabbit okay. for the rest of the day. You're just going to do that? Yeah. I mean, do you, are my fears overblown? Do you think it's going to be okay, or is it all right? I, you think? I think the Internet Archive exists to take it up to that very line, and I think they're well aware of the... Um, but this cross is the line, at least, I think. A big cross. Everything they do technically does. But whether or not this is going to piss off people. The book stuff from just two weeks ago has been pissing off people. With all the books being available? I I appreciate what the Internet Archive does, personally. Um, And, yes, any of this stuff that they do is potentially um, going to be, I think, the the last thing that they do. But they're they're aware of it. Sure. Um, No, I, I don't really have any issue with it. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I'm uh I'm looking for uh I'm looking for my my red Spider-Man cutoff shirt. I just had it disappear. Do you see it? No. Cuz apparently that's what was on Tommy Tallarico's mind last week when we talked about, you know, looking for existence of the Intellivision Amico and asking about, oh, you know, 
it'd be nice to see a video of like the, the you know this console booting up and actually operating. We're we really bringing Tommy up again so we can mention that he made fun of your shirt. Yes, we are. Okay, because instead of instead of making fun of someone's shirt, you got to I think worry about coming out with the product. I think that's what you should be concerned with at this point. Probably. We have, Ian, something fun coming out. It is the Lego NES set. Yeah, so we saw uh, there was a picture leaked of this, and people weren't entirely sure if it was going to be real or not, but then um, the Lego Twitter account, and I'm sure probably the other social media accounts, started teasing uh, a picture of what looked like uh, an old TV, uh, you know, a classic tube TV in the background with uh, colored lines coming out of it. And um, they shortly after announced the uh, Nintendo, um, the Nintendo set. What this set is, is it's going to give you a, uh, basically you'll be building uh, an NES console, a controller, um, a Super Mario Brothers uh, cartridge, which I can't remember if it was Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Duck Hunt. I think it's Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Um, and uh, the CRT TV. Uh, and the CRT TV. And the CRT TV is cool because there's actually a. It, it, it has a scene from Mario on it, but you can actually turn a crank it's, and have the scenery move. It's the last 25% basically of, of level 1 1. Yeah. Before, right before you get to the flagpole. You and, turn the crank and you see Mario. And there's a little, there's a little side uh, lever as well that you can use to move Mario up and down to make it look like the game is playing. Uh, yeah. So. It's cool because it's it's an old like you know late seventies early eighties console TV yeah like the last the last of the TVs with the dial on it before they went to like the cable buttons and you know you know things like that like this this is this is how a lot of people played on you know their NES games on yeah that TV looks fantastic I think that's I'm honestly kind of the star of the show I like the 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 legs on it it gives it that that classic look the 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 NES looks looks to scale. Lot, the TV is obviously small. Uh, by the way, this is two thousand six hundred forty-six pieces. That's a lot of pieces. Yeah, I'm guessing most are going to go into that TV, just like you know, making that giant square. Uh, it's going to be two hundred thirty dollars US. Before we get into it further, so this is what it says uh, here. Let's see. This brick brick built NES is packed with realistic details including an opening slot for the game pack with a locking locking function and a controller. Wow, locking function. There's a little, a little spring thing in there. And a controller with connecting cable and plug. The console comes with a buildable retro TV featuring a flat 8-bit Mario figure on the scrolling screen, plus an action brick to scan with the Lego Mario. Figure not included, find it in the Lego Mario starter core set. He reacts to the on-screen enemies, obstacles, and power-ups just like he does in the Mario Brothers. Super Mario Bros. game. So if you get that little Lego Mario little it'll guy... It'll basically sound... Yeah, you can put it on top, and it'll kind of soundtrack what's going on on the TV. With, like, coins and mm-hmm. maybe jumping on enemies and getting damaged and stuff. So there you go. I, I think that's uh, it's a brilliant little uh, idea there. Um, let's see. Where was the size of it uh, here? Because I think it was... Yeah. The, the TV is 8 inches high... Nine inches wide and six inches deep. That's pretty small there. So the NES looks looks built to scale because the, the NES is bigger than the TV. So the NES is probably close to what the real NES. At least that's what it looks like there. It looks closer, a lot closer there. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is adorable. Um, I didn't know I wanted or needed this till I saw this because obviously I was big on Legos growing up. Obviously I was big on Nintendo. Sure. Growing up and um, yeah, this is this is going to sell like gangbusters. Um, yeah, it is just a Super Mario Brothers cart. You can see in the picture there. Okay. Um, oh my God! It even has the yellow, yellow and red and red RCA jacks on the side, 
Like it's got everything. Yeah, it's, 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 it's beautiful here. Yeah, they show they actually show the real NES next to the, to the Lego one. It's close. It's a little bit smaller, but it's in the ballpark nice. of, of being a close size match there. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay, I, yeah, I finally found that picture too. Um, that is very, very, very close. <laughs> it's close. It's 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 like point nine of it. It's like ninety yeah. percent of it. You know, it's it's in the ballpark there. Um, for $230, obviously it's not in everyone's price range for this, but Lego collectors spend more than that on stuff. There's, yes. there's ones that cost several hundred dollars, right? Like the Golden Gate Bridge sets and things like the, the, the fucking Death Star Money and Falcons that are gigantic. You know what I mean? Like, um, for the average person, though, they might be priced out. I wonder how much a scalping market will unfortunately affect this. Um, these go on sale, I believe it's uh, early August. August 1st because the scalping markets have been affecting these more and more with these more mainstream crossovers yeah they just did a DeLorean one that I didn't know about until the day after and it was sold out Jeez. scalpers got it uh, there's do, they're doing a Top Gun one uh, it's literally built in with Top Gun probably with the movie that was going to come out uh, F-14 tr- transforms it even comes with a volleyball <laughs> so they're starting so they're, so they're starting to smartly do these one-offs there's, I, I think they're doing a Ghostbusters one I believe I gotta look it up Lego uh, Ghostbusters uh, that are like uh, that are more in line with um, with the movie stuff. Oh, they've done Ghostbusters one in the past, but I thought they're going to do more. Re- yeah, they, they just didn't. They, they just did like the uh, Ecto one set uh, not too long ago with the four guys. So they're starting to do more of these movie themed ones. I uh, want. Here. I want. Oh, I, I'm confusing Transformers. It was Transformers t- uh, Tomcat and Transformers DeLorean. I'm totally confusing them both. It was Transformers. The, the point remains, though, that these scalpers get in there once you, you find these cross-sections of fans. Right, of course. Transform, it was Transformers uh, DeLorean. Let's make sure I have that right. Yeah, they, 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 did, a, they did a Lego uh, DeLorean, though, before. They did it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain they did, but it was a few years ago. Because I remember yes. that being a hard one to get at... Um, I remember everyone trying to get it at uh, Comic-Con. Yeah, so the Transformers one just came out. As an just as an example of how much this stuff can get uh, scalped, so I, I think it was like thirty bucks or forty bucks. Transformers, uh, Back to the Future. Not that I'm asking for an NES uh, Transformers, but now I want one as well because who doesn't love a Transformer? The Transformers Back to the Future set is is now going for a five forty your best offer when it was sold for like thirty or forty bucks retail, and that was two weeks ago. Boy, howdy. And it's selling for hundreds of dollars, just like any of those Comic-Con items used to, those exclusive items. So I don't know how, how much Lego's going to pump these out. I, I, I think they'd be able to pump out more than you think, because Lego's such a huge you know, company. And they probably know that the, the, um, the, a lot of people are going to want this. Well, and I mean, the NES itself and the controllers, like that stuff doesn't look like it's using too many special parts. Gray brick, gray brick, gray brick. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're going to have people want this just because it has that cool little 2D little Mario guy. It's like a one-off Lego piece that will, you know, won't be sold in any other set. People probably like that. I'm trying to put my mind, put myself in the mind of a Lego collector, what I'd be looking for. Like, like would this appeal to a Lego collector that has no interest in Nintendo and video games? Do you still think they Yes, because want it's Lego. Just because it's, just because it's Lego. It's Lego. It's, it's, it's a, it's a set that recreates something of some pop culture importance. Yes, I feel like I feel like even if you're not hugely into it, there's going to be some sort of crossover appeal. People who aren't hugely into Lego are going to want this. If they're high, if they're big into NES, you know, someone who's big into Lego is probably still going to want this regardless. Yeah, I'm going to want it. I'm going to get this. Now, the question remains again, do you open it or do you just you buy two of them and keep one? See? <laughs> 
Would it be worth it? That's a lot of money. That's $460 plus tax. We're talking about $500 to do that. slap you around. You buy it, you open it, you build it. You're going to slap me with those, those seal flippers? Yeah. I think I would build it. I think I would. Yeah. You Just should. To, but then I got to buy, the, buy the little Mario then guy. Well, that guy's cheap though, right? Was he 30 Lego bucks for that? calming. You could probably get something good out of Lego. I used to build Lego. I had the Castle yeah, series. Maybe I told you should this. go back to it. That's what what are you trying saying. to say? I'm not calm. I'm calm. Saying we I'm can... calm. Fucking calm. I'm saying we can what? all use a good hobby right now. I could put it on the shelf over there. I'm excited for this. I, I hope this isn't. Um, people don't use their freaking bots to get all of these. Of course, some scalpers going to try. Here, um, let's see. Where's the original? I'm trying to find the. Let's see. The set. The set details page has more. If you click on it there, Ian. Oh, it's on brick set. And then it shows you all the pictures there. It shows the cartridge going in. Oh, it's adorable. It's I mean, it's adorable. I almost don't want it to have the Mario interaction. I almost want it to be just sort of pure by itself. I uh, mean, you don't need the Mario interaction. I'm just... I want it to be pure. I don't want to mix up my generations of Mario. I, I like my original, more ethnically Italian Mario. Still a plumber. You know, not not the newfangled New Age Mario. Some Some Italian-American pride without... Ethnically Italian Mario. Yes, yeah, so to try to try to whitewash my Mario here. The past few years here, you know, I'm, I'm not going all, all Jersey Shore with the fucking cannoli cream on, on you. That, that piece of shit. I'm not doing that. But I like I like Mario. I like my Captain Lou Albano Mario. That's how that's oh. how we like to remember him there. Good Fair old Captain. Lou. It puts up. Oh, the dial. Oh, the dials. The click click of the yes, dial. That's nice. That's gonna be. Oh. I don't own a CRT. You don't find CRTs that swap me that much anymore. But even when you did, they're they're you know they're not once going back to the clicky dial. You know they probably produced up to like like the mid eighties or so. They probably produced right. those clicky dial ones for people before they realized, oh, we're going to need more than thirteen channels or you know yeah. UHF and VHF. You know start to die out by what the late eighties early nineties. Get those good old digital cable, not digital cable, but you know. All right, anything else to add here? No. Uh, there's, it, there's, it's, you get a Goomba. You get a couple Goombas. You get you get uh you get powers, You get mushrooms. You get coins. Uh, you get the star on there. You get a, you get a shell. I'll just quickly throw in that I was reading something that said the other Mario stuff that's coming out. If you were to buy everything that comes out on launch day, it's like a six hundred dollar investment. I thought it was only four sets. I don't know. That's what they're saying. They have the dungeon set. You have the Mario set. What? What really? Yeah. That seems like a lot. I know Legos were always a lot of money, even when I was a kid. I've but, always found them to honestly be fairly reasonable, reasonably priced for what you get. But yeah, no, something said the Mario. I don't know if it's including this NES one for whatever reason in that. But apparent, but yeah, it was. It will run you six hundred dollars to get everything. Well, I wouldn't. This is. I would include this with this. This is like a one-off uh, thing. Now, 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 I want to look that up, Ian, to see if you're right. I thought the original Mario guy was around thirty or forty. Maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe it's like forty or fifty or sixty. Uh, Lego Mario pre-order. Oh, Lego Mario... I'm sorry, I read it a little bit wrong. Lego Mario is set to receive 600 worth of expansion packs by Christmas. Oh, okay. That could be like six or seven sets, maybe. So Lego Mario is set to receive 600 of expansions and character packs. Oh, the, uh, the starter pack eight, is 60. Okay. And then, there's, yeah, there's, so there's going to be eight eight Lego Mar- Super Mario expansion sets. Um, it doesn't say by Christmas. It just says... Yeah, so if you look at the... So, Nintendo and LEGO have revealed all ten of LEGO Mario's expansion sets, which, when combined with the character packs and power-up packs, comes to nearly $600. There's going to be ten sets? Yeah. Holy crap, I guess every environment. Set for release in August. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's not even by Christmas. So, yep, I was right. Everything, if you want to get everything, it's going to run you about 600 bucks. So, roughly $60 each. Yep. So, you'd be forced to get the starter set because that's 60 bucks, And then after that, you can obviously mix and match uh, from there. I guess I got to buy the starter set. Next Mario is- Starter Course. Then there's Guarded Fortress. And then Desert Pokey is only 20 Womps Lava Trouble is 20 uh, Boomer Bills, Boomer Bill Barrage is twenty nine ninety nine. Mario's okay, House Boomer. and Yoshi is thirty. Uh, Toad's Treasure Hunt expansion is seventy. Swamp Drop is forty, and King Boo in the Haunted Yard is fifty. Drop. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and it all looks pretty cool. It's one of those things where like five years ago I'd be so grabby hands to run out and get it, but then I'd set it up and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just gonna all put this back in a box and send it to my niece and nephew because well, you need a table display yeah. it all nice, you know? Yeah, I'll never actually get as much. Uh, that's the problem with Lego. I love building Lego, but the joy for Lego with me ends when I'm done building it. I don't. It's not like I do much with it after that. Gotcha. So the, the Lego official site um, doesn't have it yet. Uh, it has it up on there, but you can't pre-order it yet. Uh, you, can, you can pre-order the Mario uh, set right here. Bringing back memories. Oh, it's adorable. You even put you even put together the the background. But they're like little looks like the little vertical things you snap them together for the for the one one world. Oh, nice. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. I I am getting this. I haven't bought a I haven't bought Lego. I'm not counting the swap meet finds, finding Harry Potter or whatever. I haven't, I haven't bought a new Lego set. God, it's got to be since the '90s mid-90s. Man, it's great. I bought myself a pizza truck, uh, like, a year ago, on a whim, and it was just so much fun to build this pizza truck. It's amazing. It was cool, too. There's, like, I mean, you lift the top off, and there's, like, a little little stove and shit in there. Lego's great. Go watch Go watch the, the Toys That Made Us Lego uh, episodes. Excellent. The system. The system. The system. Oh, the Lego system. They uh, talk about it. Constantly. That's right. The system. But it's really amazing because it goes back to what we said, how, how Lego was, was on its, not necessarily its last leg, but it was not doing well into the, into the late 90s. And then, then the licensing stuff hit them. They're like, oh, we can do Harry Potter. And we can do Star Wars. And all yep. of a sudden, it was like, holy shit. The past decade has really made Lego seem like, you know, an ironclad, bulletproof sort of, of business. It but wasn't. They, but they had, uh, they had a couple rocky decades. The 90s was very weird for Lego as yeah. they tried to figure out what, what to do with this all of the emerging technology and stuff. And there was a lot of, you know, starts and stops that didn't necessarily work and a lot of attempts that turned into better things. And, you know, now we're sitting here what 20 years you know, it's 2020 and uh what they found worked was honestly going back to just kind of doing the sets and here we are again with them trying yeah. something a little bit more you know a little bit more out there but i think this is a good idea really you're just building some interaction into the characters you still do with this stuff what you normally do with Legos. Kids are still going to play with this like it's Legos. There's just added stuff on top. Yeah, but i think kids ain't interested in this. This is all us. This is all 35 to 45. Oh, I guarantee you. No, I think this will hit. <laughs> you think kids will like this? Not the NES and the TV. I'm talking about the actual oh, Mario oh, the Ma- stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking about the actual Mario Because stuff. if that existed when we were kids, holy crap. Fucking, oh, yeah. I mean, my, my God, that'd be like wizard, wizardry technology yeah. to us in, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. my God, it's interacting when I'm moving around. Sorry, yeah, no, I moved on to the, the, the actual Mario set stuff now. Just, yeah, it looks kind of cool. I, yeah, I'm on board. I hope they're not scalped. I, mean, I guess I'm going to have to use my, my uh, whatever that was, that, that bot we talked about that people are using to get switches and stuff to, in order to get one, you know? If only they made a Sonic the Hedgehog one. 
You think you think Lego be like, no, you're too small potatoes, it's not worth it. <laughs> I don't know. But my niece really likes Lego and she loves Sonic the Hedgehog. They've um, never done one? And I don't think they've ever done one. I was like, that would be fun. You, you think Lego's like they're getting like they miss voicemails from from Sega every other week. They're like, <laughs> don't get back to them. <laughs> don't, don't don't call us, we'll call you. In their uh in in their uh Scandinavian accent. I forget is it is, what are they? Is it is it Finnish? I forget. It's Swedish. It's Swedish, right? Lego Swedish? Swedish. Lego Sweden. Dutch. Yes. Oh, okay. SE. Is Lego from Sweden? No, no, they are Dutch. Dutch. They're, they're yeah, more. they're Dutch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's around there. It's just right next. They're all next door to each other. It's close. <laughs> all right. It's coming out soon. Onward. We're set. In summer is here in full swing. And what better way to enjoy a nice, relaxing time with friends and family, but with Miller High Life? Miller High Life brings a touch of class to even the simple things in life. It's an unpretentious, quality beer that's accessible to all. It's great for celebrating the everyday moments. Um, I had some with me out in the garden the other day. I have my little front porch garden. Oh, how nice. Yeah, had a couple Miller High Lifes and got some planting done, and honestly, it felt great. Um, this summer, Miller High Life will raise a can to celebrate summer's simple moments with limited edition champagne cans. The cans look like they have little champagne glasses on the side of them. Um, simple summer moments don't have to be big to call for a celebration. It's not just having a backyard barbecue. It could be celebrating everyone getting together for the first time to fire up the grill this summer. Find these limited edition cans in stores now. Miller High Life has been faithfully brewed the same way since its start on New Year's Eve in 1903. Wow. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right, Ian. Yes, Pat. We just had our monthly Heritage Auctions event. They do once. They do one a month now where it always ends up with a live auction at the end for online and in-person bidding. You know, obviously, they've halted in-person bidding because of, because of the COVID. And they do comics. They do artwork. They do everything, and now they do video games alongside that as well. And so uh, we're going to be doing this about once a month until we're dead, uh, these topics. But um, So we're going to go through some of the, the biggies this time around that, that ended up. And I think I'd like to start with, since we talked about it a week or two ago, and when we're talking about a couple topics, the Sega Pluto console prototype, which, remember, is a Sega Saturn prototype in a different format with a built-in uh, internet jack and a little hard drive inside, which was sort of trying to figure out if it was for upgrade games, to store games, what have you, download games, maybe a combination of all three, but it never came out here. And there are two of these that are known to exist, and they both look a little bit different, but there's two of these consoles. So uh, we're going to go through that one first, then we'll get to some of the, the, the game topics as well as I sign into my account here, because for some reason, Heritage Auctions makes me sign in to my account every time I visit the website and doesn't keep my information. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't, it doesn't ever leave me. Every other there. website on the planet keeps your information in there or gives you the ability to save the password. Sorry, sorry. I think they, they do um, it so that people can't make bids with your shit. Okay, great. Um, it, but it, it's okay. Anyway, the Pluto sold for eighty-four grand. That includes the buyer's premium of twenty percent. Have to include the buyer's. I am premium. now because now they listen to Pat. Because now in the live auctioning, they have it included in the next bit. They did it a few months ago. Just saying, not saying they listen to Pat, but it's better to do that. So eighty-four thousand is what it sold for. Honestly, a bit higher than I thought it would have gone for. Um, but it's still a very cool. Um, 
I mean, to me, it's a neat-looking system. It's a cool piece of Sega history. I happen to like Sega, so it's neater to me, I think, than it would be to um, most people. But, yeah, I don't know. Did, did, did that price surprise you? I've been wrong on both. I, I, I thought the... And you did... The, I thought the Nintendo PlayStation would go for uh, up to several hundred thousand, and it fell way short, because that was one of a kind. That was a mythical item. This one went for far more than I thought. I thought it would go for around 2025. 20, yeah, I was kind uh, of thinking 25 myself. But then I thought, well, these bidders probably saw what that prototype went for, and that influenced, influenced their, this to think it'd be worth more money. That's what I think what happened. I don't think this should have went for this amount of money, and this is why. So it's funny because I, uh, I I would see even though that other prototype went for more money, I would still have looked at that as a failure based on the hype. It absolutely was, you know, and I would have I I would think that that would have made this earn less money, not well, more. Well, we look at this went for three hundred thousand less. Though. Sure. So sure. Could, to, to, if you're if you're thinking that this could be an investment, this is a bargain. But this is why it's not. First off. There's two of them. It's not one of a kind. Right. Right? So already, even the bottom, it says Pluto 2. We know there's a one that exists, and there could be a third. We don't know. Whatever. Others could have been destroyed. But this isn't a unique console. That's where, you know, there's no myth to this. It's, it, to me, the interest is way less once you get to that point. Right. This, it, is, it, this is just a fancy it, Sega Saturn. That's all. It's a mock-up of a Sega Saturn variant. It would be like even if they never came out with the Genesis 2. And oh, we found the mock-up of the Genesis too. Okay, it's it looks neat. a little different, it, but it's a Genesis, right? I mean, I'm not to, not to poo-poo it, and I'm glad that, that the, the the seller that we brought up before, remember the video with Adam Corley, like he he made his money. Well, he made twenty percent less than eighty-four thousand. Pat Math, he made about uh, seventy thousand, and then I don't know. I guess they might take a seller premium. He probably made sixty to seventy thousand. It's good for him. He found another swap meet for like fucking ten bucks or whatever. Yeah, good for him. Um. I don't think, though, that these prototype consoles will ever be something to invest in. And I don't know who won this. We, unlike the Nintendo PlayStation, we don't, we don't know who won this yet. I didn't see the news about that. That was won by um, a, basically a console preservationist and a guy who's going to take care of it and make sure that it's not just locked up forever. Maybe he won this as well. I don't know. But if you're, looking, be nice. if you're looking to for these to appreciate considerably over time, I'm going to say no, and this is why. Uh, I'm going to go into my investment speculative sort of mode here. These are not these are not items that are known to the mainstream public. These are not something that someone off the street could could easily be interested in. When you have to explain an item to someone for like ten minutes in order to understand what the hell this is, there's less and less of a chance that it, they, I think they'd be interested in it. That, and that's my sort of man on the street sort of feel about these as being investment pieces. If you have to go into well. It is a Sega Saturn, and it did exist, but they were working on it, but it still plays... Like, no, okay. If I'm the average person, why, why would I invest a lot of money into this? this? This doesn't pull me in, you know? There's there's no good, like, one-minute pitch to get you excited about it. it. There's no elevator pitch. Right. There you go. There's no, like, 20-second, why is this important, Ian? Go, well, you know, it, they were looking at making it, and they produced a bunch. They, they destroyed most of them, but they didn't come out in the U.S., and they put a hard drive in it, and we don't know what... Sorry, I'm out. I'm out. I'm tapping out. Well, this this is actually I couldn't find the right words, but going back to the um, the Nintendo World Championships, Nintendo, which I think is really cool. Uh, yeah, there's no elevator pitch for it. I don't think it will get as much money, despite being very rare. I mean, this one or the PlayStation? No, the the Nintendo World Championships, Nintendo. Oh, the, the NWC, you don't think there's an elevator pitch for that. 
No, like I said, it's interesting, but I don't think it will go for as much because you have to start explaining why it's more interesting than a regular Nintendo. Because by all other metrics, it looks like a Nintendo. Oh, you mean the console? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant the cart. No, all I'm saying is that the 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 Pluto is the same thing as the console. Gotcha. Once you have to do more than 10 seconds of explaining as to why this is cool. Yes. If it's not in in your mind already, all right, explain it to me. uh, Give me a chance. Which doesn't Uh, mean that it's not cool. It just just means that you're not going to be able to get a lot of people whipped up about it. This will not be, this will not, to me, increase in price significantly over the years. Um, because beep, beep, you can okay. I'm sorry to short circuit. <laughs> I'm trying to not repeat myself, but there's this is the way I'm starting to look at this, and we'll get into this other topic. This is not something that's that's super historical. This is not a historical artifact uh, to me. It's a it's a what if, but a bigger what if or a less important what if than the Nintendo PlayStation. The, the, the Nintendo PlayStation is the ultimate what if for the industry. Sure. The, the whole industry would have changed. It would have been different today. Maybe you still had Nintendo and Soda being partnered up 25 years later, potentially. Who knows? Like, like they could have done, hey, Nintendo, you're going to do the kiddie version, and we're going to do the super adult version of our... Co-. Like, who knows? You, you can't rewrite history. Go into the DeLorean, go into our Lego and Transformers DeLore- DeLorean, and see what happens. But to this, yeah, I think this is what I'll say. If the Nintendo PlayStation didn't go off at 360, whatever it was, this would not have gone for 84. I can say that with confidence. This would have went for a lot less. I think that directly impacted this a couple months later. I will say that. Say that. But yeah, good on that, uh, that person for uh, uh, for getting... He's going to take home like between sixty and 70000 depending upon whether or not he's, that Heritage gets a, gets a seller's premium. Hey, Heritage, you ain't getting a seller's premium from me if I put up items. We're going we're gonna, to... Yeah, we're going to work... That, that's weird. You're getting 20%. That's, that's a lot uh, here. Uh, so, all right, that's good. But that this isn't the only thing that went out in auction, Ian. We have a lot of other things that Heritage Auctions uh, put up over the weekend for graded video games that came up, and we're going to run through uh, some of these that came up because I th- I thought the fervor would have died down by now, but I am wrong. There are people that are wealthy with a lot of money that are. Uh, nice way to, to say it. They are insane, and they are gambling with money, and they are speculating. And a lot of this money will be mostly uh, lost when it comes down to it. So, I'm going to do my good old sort in by uh, price highest first. I don't know if you did that on here for view past sales items, but that's what I'm going to do here. So, we're going to start with uh, some of the big ones here. Yeah, I've got I've got price highest first. Uh, the big one that made uh, news was the Super Mario Brothers 9.4 grade uh, hang tab mid production. Super Mario Bros. went for $114,000. Again, with the buyer's premium, that means it without that it would have been like 90 or so uh, here. Okay. So we know that the, the private uh, Super Mario Brothers that went for whatever it was $100,000 for that was technically the second print but still sticker seal but it was a way early uh, print of it right this is not a way early print this is probably let's see if it has a hang tab here it's 87 the latest it's it's somewhere around probably yeah it's probably around 87 or so if I have to guess I'm not an expert on all these different ones but this is not the first year or two most likely it's probably year three we're into here at this point um since we're past the sticker seal, and now we're on to you know regular seal. So, what does this justify then that cost, or does it help solidify the cost of the first one? It makes that purchase look look better, obviously, since that's a much earlier version sure. of it. 
Um, but I, I don't think it's a, sh- a surefire hit. What you have to ask yourself is 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 how how easily are people being influenced by the previous cost versus this? Are they is it t- so much FOMO of that first one being? Well, I got to get a sealed Mario. I got to get no matter what because if that one's gonna be worth a million dollars, maybe this one will be worth five hundred thousand. There has to be that sort of thinking putting into something like yeah, this. Yeah, mentally people might just be starting at, okay, this is going to run at least 90000 and they're not even watching the money until it gets up to about that point. <laughs> sure. Um, because now, is this one hard to find? It's obviously is not as hard to find as the sticker sealed. Um, you won't find this one easily, but this one obviously will be easier to find than a sticker sealed. There's going to be more of these that, that, that come out here. Um, I, I don't know how many of these exist. I have seen sealed Super Mario Brothers at conventions. They are usually post hang tabs, so they're probably like, you know, ninety, eighty nine. Probably the last, you know, the last print runs I did have probably of those. And those don't those go for only hundreds because there's more of these. So yeah, maybe over time this one will, will obviously will appreciate. You have to have though in order to establish these markets, you have to have more of these show up to really solidify them. When they're one offs, you cannot say for certain. This is what it's worth. And we've said that past for other items. Yeah. You just can't do it. You have to wait for more and more of these to appear. The same way you can't say, well, that Spider-Man <laughs> for 2100 is worth, you know, 9000 because the more come out and the price just keeps plummeting. Right. You need multiple data points to be able to make a... Sure. To say something. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to be, be proven right over time, but you're not proven right because only one comes up and it's sold for that much. You're not. It takes years and data points, like Ian said, to do that. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, uh, not even the first print, a Reve, this is, to me, mind-boggling, went for $50,000. So Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is an interesting game because that's a game that appeals to a strictly one generation you know, me and Ian's generation, like the X, the the X millennials, you know, the the last generation X, early millennials, we hold this game in a high regard. We will remember this game until we're dead. But as a franchise, well, Mike Tyson was only used originally, and then he was gone within a few years. Right, they got him out. So it's really like, like to me, almost like I I don't even know which way to go. I'm not even going to say this is underpriced or overpriced. This is where I'm kind of hedging my bets because since it's Mike Tyson and he's a famous. Uh, one of the most famous boxers ever. It's almost like a sports thing on top of that. I don't know. I, I still think 50000 is insane, but th- could, this, could this be a game that 30, 40 years from now, people still think, wow, this is Mike Tyson's punch-out. I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no. This is, a, this is, to me, the weirdest one for me to judge, to be honest. Sure. It's a strange one. You, you see that? Because it's like the franchise itself is pretty much gone for punch-out, but Mike Tyson's punch-out was one game. But yeah. people still bring it up today, but it's like people our age. Yeah. yeah, as time goes on, I think the the cachet of, is going to lose its lose, lose the merit of it. Yeah. yeah, but this wasn't even the first print that went for fifty thousand dollars. No, that's very this strange. Is the, I had the first print as a kid. I had it when it first came out. I wish I had that version. And didn't open it from Crazy Eddie's in New Jersey. Crazy you know, I, Eddie. I would have sold it. Their prices are insane. Dean. I don't know if you heard that. So that one's strange to me. But again, I don't know. It maybe over time that one will will stick around. But a. Uh, uh, sealed Super Mario Brothers. There's two sealed Super Mario Brothers threes. Uh, the first, the Left Bros, went for thirty eight thousand four hundred dollars, and the later one, which is a nine point eight, went for twenty thousand four hundred. If you want to say that first print run um, is is something important, that's great. The later one isn't because that's that's the, the most. Pop- they produce more Super Mario threes 
than arguably any other NES game. Um, it produced a ton of those. How and, much work do you think the 9.8 is doing there on that price? Um, it could, but as our friend Sean Shermick, friend of the show, said at Reserved Investments, Ian, a 9.8 for a graded video game, glad you brought, glad you brought that up, doesn't mean the same for a comic book because a 9.8 sealed uh, NES game especially probably means, probably I'm not saying for certainly, most likely means that was pulled from a factory case sure. to be in that good a condition for, for, for a game to reach the commercial shell, like the commercial shells like on Toys R Us or Kitty City then get into a consumer's hand get pulled from the case originally, go through all that, get, it's it'd be extremely hard to, to be that pristine a condition yeah. over 30 years. So that's what's so surprising. And, and, and I, I don't think that the investors are realizing that. I'm going to call them investors. I don't think they're collectors. They don't realize that. They're not, they're not educated enough to know that. that. That once you see a 9.8 for a game like that, there should be red flags going off. How many more of these are there out there? Yeah, it's not that the 9.8 isn't valid. It's that if there's six in a box, and this has recently come from a box, you could make, yeah, you can make some assumptions that there's going to be more 9.8s out there. And especially when it doesn't it's, change the fact, though, that in collecting, 9.8 is basically what everyone wants. Sure, but it means something different for video games, which we'll get into. Which we get into right next to that, Ian, is this is the most shocking and insane one. Not, I, I think the Super Mario Bros. 3 is insane for 20400 because that's a sealed game that's not hard to find uh, for NES games. But a golden eye, a golden eye for $19,200 in pristine Wada 9.8 A++ sealed condition. So this is probably the best possible grade you can get on this. Golden eye was literally a million seller like Super Mario Bros. was, 3 was, literally a million seller, so much that they re-released it with million seller on it for GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. They produce millions upon millions of GoldenEyes uh, for N64. This was likely, likely pulled from a, uh, from a case to be in this condition. There are others out there. And even if this one wasn't pulled from a sealed case, GoldenEye is only... What twenty two years old? What it came out ninety eight or ninety seven or ninety? I think. So, once you get to the late nineties, and this is what I said on Sean's video talking about some of this stuff. Once you get to the late nineties, when it comes to PlayStation, when you get to the PS two and sixty four GameCube, the number of games that you can find sealed goes up tremendously because you're getting to a different stage of not I believe retail, but of people starting to realize that this stuff is is kept and. It's just doing the math of, well, if it's 10 years old, Ian, you can find a lot more sealed. 15, maybe a little bit less, but still a lot. We're just in a different environment once you get to the late 90s. And that goes for toys, and that goes for other items. Once you get to the even the late 80s of toys, everything is kept. Collectors realize it. And video game collecting by the late 90s started to be a thing. I'm not saying people would start to buy golden eyes to hoard them, but it's more likely by that point. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're getting to the, to, the, to the point where people were, were... There were definitely a lot of game collectors by the late 90s because I was and Ian was and other people. So if I had to guess how many sealed golden eyes are out there, um, not even the non-million seller, that's a whole other conversation. There's got to be... It's three digits. There's hundreds, I would say. Sure. There's the hundreds. million seller, knowing just how collectors are, would go for a lot less. Yes, but I would even say this first print, there's hundreds that exist. In, oh, in warehouses, people's collections... Um, you know, 
I had to go and check. I wasn't sure if I had a sealed one. I actually, after the, I'll get into it later. I had to go on my, my little database and go and see how many sealed games I have. Because this point, I'm like, this is insane. I got to start checking to see what I have by accident. Yeah. So I don't know. So that to me is insane. I will say this with certainly that price will not hold over time. That 19000 That, if, if two or three more come up in the next few months, that's, that's going to go down. Yeah, that's going to go. That's, that, that's going to go right in the shitter. Now, this one. The Contra for $21,600, right? Um, that, to me, I'm confident in saying, and that's not even the first print of it, if you want to say it. Th- this is what I'm going to say about some of these these uh, uh, investors. They are thinking with their heart when it comes to these. I loved Contra, Ian, when it came out. It's a beloved game. So now I think that other people are going to love it generations behind me in order for this to decrease in value. This is, to me... Uh, and I love Contra. Contra is, to me, one of my favorite all-time games. Contra is not one of those titles, I think, that would uh, 50 years from now, where you're going to tell the history of video games, you'd have to bring up Contra. I don't think you'd have to. It's one of those ones that is, yeah. is, it's, it's, it's tier B+, plus when it comes to video game history. It's not A. Um, and I think that's important when you talk about, are these going to be good investments? To me, it has to qualify at least two things. It has to be rare or hard to find it has to be important to video game history or culturally culturally significant outside of game history this is not culturally significant I believe outside of video game history to video game history it's important but not grade A it's certainly not a rare game it's certainly it's common game so it's like one and a half out of three so this is where I think where they're, they, they're, you're thinking more with your heart. Not, I'm going to put myself in the, in the mind of an investor who's buying this, who's probably a millionaire that doesn't give a shit if it t- takes a loss on it. Right. I'm just telling you over time how this is likely to play out uh, there. Oh, by the way, there was a third Super Mario Bros. 3 that went for 10200 at a 9.6. That's insane. That's, it's, it's, it's insane. Okay, That's so fucking insane. That does tell us that the 9.8 was doing a good bit of carrying on that then but that's insane yeah it is when you see three of one item go for i don't care if one is the left bros whatever so what it came out three months before these other ones did or or a year when you see three of a sealed game go in one auction or two of the same one there should be in your head buzzers going off two two of this hard to find sealed game came up on one auction that usually doesn't happen with a lot of the comics from like golden age you know oh we got two captain america number ones come up because those are actually rare, right? There's we know there's not many of those that actually exist. You can count those by you know double digits, not you know a triple or, or maybe in some cases uh, quadruple digits. Let's see. I love Rygar. It went for twelve thousand six hundred dollars. That one's probably harder to find actually sealed. But I mean, come on. There's there's no huge love for Rygar there. I this is my favorite one that went for a weird amount. Star Voyager. Went for ten thousand two hundred. Why? <laughs> That's weird because that one is probably actually very, very hard to find sealed. Because how many Star Voyagers did they make? How many runs of it did they do? You know, you can qualify that as an uncommon game, right? Uh, my friend has Star Voyager, uh, Kevin, but no one else did. It's not a beloved game. Rue Ru actually put it in the work reviewing for the NES Guidebook and actually played it properly. It's not a herald game. That to me is either uh, either someone across a cross-section like NES collector realized, oh, that game's actually hard to find. And thinking that, because that one's significantly hard to find in a Super Mario Bros. 3 sealed, that'll actually be worth money in the future. I think that's wrong, but I think that's the mentality there. Like, that one is is actually rare. Like, you would be hard-pressed to find a Star Voyager sealed. And then we go back to, Ian, another... another 
Pac-Man Atari 2600. It went for $9,600. So the price hasn't gone down. There's been several of these that have come up now in Heritage. And the price is still maintaining. I'm just flabbergasted. I mean, that can't stand forever. No, it can't. Supply and demand has to come in. So, Ian, I went and looked at my... um, I looked at my... um, my game list. And I said, you know what? Do I have a Pac-Man sealed? I, I have a Pac-Man Atari 2600 sealed. And I'm not bragging that means I can potentially make money on it in this crazy market. But a lot of people have a sealed Pac-Man. A lot of people have a sealed Pac-Man. I'm not saying mine's a 9.4 or whatever, but I have one. And if I got one easily... And I, when I looked at my notes section, you know, the game... Mm-hmm. I literally, and I put this in years ago, I forgot. I put sealed, and I put a little emoticon, ooh, like face, meaning that I know it's shit. I've, I've listed that years ago in my, whenever I t- came across it. I don't know if it was a swap meet or a game convention. I probably bought it for a buck. But now I want to go get it graded. Because I got to cash out on that dollar game and sell it for, even in bad condition, it'll probably go for hundreds of dollars at this point. Well, it's, there's, it's nuts. The, there's the 9-4 Pac-Man that went for uh, 2700 Oh, so th- 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 there was a tail off there. Yeah. Okay, so mine will go for only $400, my, my 7.0 or whatever. It's nuts, though. And it's nuts that the other Atari games are going for anything at all. Um, like Empire Strikes Back going for $5,004. Uh, $5, By the way, a 9.8 a++ sealed, probably pulled from a shipping box here. Now we're starting to see this. Uh, you love Snoopy, Ian. Snoopy and the Red Baron for the 2600, you can definitely tell the history of video games without that game coming up. Sorry, Ian, you can. Went for $4,800. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... An, I, I say it all the time. That is... That could be someone who's very much into Peanuts merchandise and wants a perfect example of something related to it. You give them that benefit of the doubt? I'm not. I just think that's someone that's confusing the markets and thinking, well, this is the first time we see him show up as a video game. It, because of that, it'll, it'll be something worthwhile. It's possible, but anytime I see Star Wars, Snoopy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, anything like that, I always feel like that has to be a factor in the price. Uh, okay. I, I think it's the people with a comic book mindset that are confusing it. They're, they're, they're saying this is the first sure. appearance. They're saying this is like a first appearance of a comic book. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get what, what they're saying. saying. I, I guess one way or another, I feel because, like obviously it's it's influencing it. Because you have to when you see a fucking Donkey Kong on the television, seal go for fifty two hundred dollars. That's insane. Yeah, that's the worst version of that game. The good. worst version of that game. Man, the twenty six hundred version is bad too. But that's probably worse than that. Probably. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna take that mindset, then to me, what should go for five thousand dollars should be the fucking arcade cabinet. Of Donkey Kong. And that doesn't even go for $5,000. Because that's the first appearance. This Intellivision garbage game has no historical significance in the least. In the least. For game history, it's not interesting as a game. Nothing. There's nothing to this at all that makes it interesting at all. And there's probably a lot more of them. That's so, like, they're taking a bath. I mean, there's more weird ones, but those are the weirdest ones to me. Uh, the Xbox projector went for four eight hundred dollars. I'm not going to say for sure, but I saw a note saying that the guy that was in charge of Xbox different consoles doesn't remember that being a thing. That it could be a high quality mod and maybe wasn't uh, official. I'm not saying that. That's just what I saw uh, it being rumored as. Uh, did Seamus Blackley like comment on it? Was that the person's name? Yeah. I just saw someone leave a note that someone was asked about it at what point in time, and and the guy in charge of it said like I don't recall that. 
be. Sure thing. Yeah. So I'm not saying for sure. To me, that's a weird thing. I wouldn't have taken the risk on something like that. So anyway, there's a lot more. Check it out. You got to sign in. Um, God, there's another pack. I went for twenty seven hundred. Like you said, oh, I'm looking at it. Another one for two. A nine one for two thousand dollars. Oh my God, it's it's nuts. Mario Brothers for fifteen hundred dollars for for on the on the Atari. Oh, I wish I kept my Dragon Warrior I got for free from Nintendo Power, Ian, because that went for uh, $1,500. The one that was sent out to millions of people yeah. for free. I mean, you, you can't make it up. Oh, and the, and the Resident Evil Biohazard 4 controller design. Oh, the unreleased design went for $1,500. That's at least a little more interesting if it was unreleased. Oh, it was an unreleased design? That's what okay. it says. I don't know much about it there. And now you start to get into the Final Fantasy stuff, Ian. Where it's uh, like Final Fantasy VII PlayStation error uh, went for thirteen hundred dollars sealed. There's a lot. I'm not saying there's a ton of sealed Final Fantasy VII's. There's going to be a good amount of those. They made a lot of those um, and didn't sell all of them, obviously. Uh, there. So all right, that's that's all I'm going to say on here. Fun topic. Uh, it's just um, I don't know. I thought it would start to tail off. I think it's going to get worse this year. I think it's going. I think it's going to reach a fever pitch, and then maybe it'll burst in a year once once you get more and more of these that come on i think as covid settles down and people realize that they can go back outside and do things that some of this is going to fall apart or when the atari collectors and other collectors get wind of the insane prices um or people like me i'll be you know ian now it's too nuts i gotta start selling stuff into this market because i'd be stupid not to i gotta find my pac-man i don't even know where it is i gotta find my sealed pac-man and see how the condition i don't know i don't know what the condition is of it i go find it Go for, yeah. I should see if I have that sealed dig dug still. It's probably worth nothing, but no, it's not, Ian. It, 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 I'm sorry, I, it's worth a lot of money. It's yes. important. I'm going to get this graded, and you should buy it. Yes, <laughs> come on, Ian. Put, put that money in your 401k. Ian, I got my first cell phone with one of those big wireless providers years ago. I'm talking over 12, 13 years ago, and I've honestly hated my monthly bill ever since. Then I discovered there's another option that could give me the premium cell phone service I'm used to, but at a fraction of the cost. I could cut my wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month and save hundreds of dollars by switching to Mint Mobile. For anyone out there who's looking to save without sacrificing service, switching to Mint Mobile is a no-brainer. They use the same cell towers you're used to. They use the T-Mobile towers. It's quality service. You know, it's not a fly-by-night company, right? They go online-only Mint Mobile. They eliminate the traditional cost of retail, and they pass the savings down to you. That's how it works. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus crazy fast 4G LTE. Use your existing phone, and you can keep your own phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month, Ian, at mintmobile.com slash podcast. All right, Ian, good news. The NWC cards found a new long-lost family member. A gray NWC card, a new one has surfaced in the retro gaming community. Number 155. Came to Facebook. It was uh, quickly posted, then it was taken down. It was already already resold. We found out by the person who found it. So I'm going to run you through what happened. So this is number 155, first of all. First of all, this is a 
beat up NWC cart. There's no top label. There's no top label to it, which you can you can see not in that picture. You know, on our document, I saw the uh, picture without it. So it's good it has a label because there are two or three that don't have a label, like the, like the, the famous Mario one that I saw in person at Missouri Game Con uh, last year. Was it that one I saw the other one without a label? I think it was the Mario one, but I, I saw one without a label. So that's good, but this is still in the lower tier of NWC cards because of the top label uh, being missing. And it's, a little, and, it's, and it's worn, too. You can see it's worn. Mm-hmm. Here. So what happened, Ian, with this card? I got uh, two ind- independent reports from this. Uh, so it, it's, it's, this is I'm pretty much believing this. So it was originally found. It was the dream, Ian. It was a dream of all retro game collectors. And um, this fellow, nice enough to tell me about the story, uh, Daniel even went into this about this is what keeps the dream alive as you're a retro game collector. You go to a yard sale, right? Just a yard sale. And you see, you know, you see NES games laid out and you buy, you just buy them. And you take them back and you see the NWC cart. And you get the game for like, I think it was like $3. Jeez. And that's it. The dream, dream fulfilled, Ian. If you're a game collector, dream fulfilled. Um, so that's what happened. This was found at, at a yard sale by the original seller. And I do have, I think, a picture somewhere. I, I, I downloaded it of, of the original seller, but I'll, I'll keep the identity private of, of the original seller. Um, there. It was traded in then, or sold, to a game store um, in West Virginia. And from what I know, I cannot verify it with the cost. Uh, my little birdies told me it was uh, around $40,000 it sold for. Now, that, I, I don't know if that's right or not. That's what, that's what my, my source told me on it. So um, in this wacky, weird market, if this was a year ago, I would have said, that's a nutty number. But with everything <laughs> happening now, it's not as nuts anymore. And, and we, are, we have still yet to see... Uh, one did come out... Uh, one NWC grade did go on heritage auctions. Uh, what was that? Six, seven months ago, but now it's even a lot crazier than now. So I don't know what it would do if it happened now. Like if it came back up. Um, actually, I think it was like late last year it came up. So I don't know. Especially if you just want to have one, you're going to pay it. You're going to pay any dollar amount you want uh, at this point. Or maybe they're going to put on heritage auctions to see if they get like hundred grand for it, double their, or double their money. I don't know. Um, but these are still out there. We we spoke about the ones. Uh, was it last year that two were found? Remember, there were two or three found last, like within like six months or seven I, months. I know that within the past five years, there's been a, a number of fresh, fresh ones that have come up. But even the past year, and year I and know a half. at least I know at least I can remember at least one from last year. I think there was two at least. I believe it. There, there was a, there was the uh, yeah storage unit find, right? And then there was the the other one that our friend sold privately, uh, that was I, I believe found. Um, yeah, they, they, these are these are these are coming up still. And there's at least the highest number. I think is 348, which makes you think. Well, then there's at least around 350 they made. And I think they, I think they've uh, the list is now on what is it? Video video game sages.com, which was trying to be the new Nintendo Age. Nintendo Age has been abandoned once it was bought. Uh, there's about what 70 or so grades that have been accounted for out of 350. But remember, a lot of those 350 were probably destroyed and discarded because they were they were beat the hell up. They were using the competitions across the U.S., you know what I mean? Right. Some got probably just EEPROMs went and things, so there's no way 350 made it till the end of those competitions. So we don't know what, what how many there were before they got dished out to those 90 people uh, that went to the, the finals, and how many ended up in the, in the hands of Nintendo employees, because obviously some were found one way or the other uh, there. 
We still don't know where where, where uh, my gray one came from that got traded into your store. Mm-mm. We still don't know uh, if that was a competition finalist or what have you. Um, but yeah, they're they're out there. Go and look for them. You can find them. the dreams. Can, it's it's the lottery, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just nice to know that you can still go out and find stuff. Just not going to do it every weekend. It sounds like uh, when it got to the Facebook group, obviously people went nuts. I, I don't follow these retro gaming Facebook groups. I, I can just imagine what they're like. Once it came up, it sounds like, uh, according to this information, like lots of people um, made private offers. They were all declined. So then, then it was found out it was sold sold to that uh, the store, or at, least, or at least the guy who owns the store, who I'm guessing is going to probably keep it for their for their for themselves. If I had to guess, if, I hate the fucking thing about the grades of these damn games now. If then my, don't. I'm just going to say, just it. stop. It's don't now, put an end to it. Okay, you don't need to. Okay, I won't. I'm just thinking about because now I'm thinking about if I have to sell mine, I can get it fucking graded. Just, just breathe. Mine. Just breathe. You don't okay. need to. We but, don't. You don't need to put a grade on. Congratulations to the seller for finding it, and I guess to the buyer for spending the money on it for whether or not they're going to keep it or or, re, or try to sell it in the future. Um, to the person who sold it for three dollars, hey, I mean. In this day and age, I guess just people that still aren't looking up the cost of stuff, they just assume that you know it's not really worth anything. Um, in this day and age, I, I, I hope I hope they get peace of mind that hey, you know, you, you had a good good garage sale. I guess I'm sure I sold stuff before that was worth a lot more money in the past, even at game conventions. I'm trying to, I, I think I think I sold a um, sticker sealed that wasn't sealed, but I think I sold like a, my extra sticker sealed duck hunt for only like sixty dollars. Um, and that in that condition, they probably probably went for like several hundred. You know, at, at SoCal last year. Because I remember that one sold. The Jaramite didn't. The extra one. Now is right when those prices started to creep up. You know. So these, these, these things happening. You ever sell anything that was probably worth a lot more in retrospect? Um, at the time? Not really. Uh, although, I mean, when I, 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 I missed... I sold all of my NES games one year before. You should have? Before I should have. Yeah. Before they started to peak in like 15, 16? Yeah, I got rid of most of them in, I think, 2015 and 2016 probably would have been the best year for me to get rid of all of them. But no, I've never let something, you know, go for way lower than I should have and then, like, have to kick myself in the ass over it later. Find my Caltron manual? No? No. Okay. It's gone. Damn it. All right, moving on here. Limited run over the weekend. Uh, A couple of... uh, Companies uh, did uh, game stuff this weekend. Limited Run had their showcase, and Devolver Digital did a showcase. Maybe their wacky one, Devolver, as well. Uh, the Devolver, sh- the Devolver showcase, I didn't see all of, but there are definitely games coming out that I'm interested in from the Devolver showcase, and I need to play. Did you see what Devolver did? They put out a free-to-play game. It's a full game, first-person, where you actually go through, like, the remnants of an expo hall, and there's, like... There's like oh, brilliant. There's setups for like the games that they're talking about. So and stuff like and you can walk. Yeah. So okay, it's, it's I, I like look at that. it's like an it, yeah. It's a game, but it's also like a fake expo. Um, and then Limited Run um, announced a bunch of things that they are putting out this year uh, physically. Um, quickly, I think some of the things that uh, got people pretty excited were like uh, the Castlevania collection, which came out originally last year, right? which came out last year, is getting a anniversary collection, a uh, a physical a physical run but the uh thing that i think i am most interested in um and honestly i surprised this is another game that definitely is in my uh 
That was a fun topic last week when we did the games that deserve another chance. It was uh, an oddly like nice uh, commentary pool as well because people are like, "Oh, they're not shitting on games; they're talking about games that we should give another chance." I would like to give Shantae another chance. Oh, okay. Is where I'm going. I'm going with that. Yeah, I think I'm going somewhere. Um, so yeah, Shantae is the original game for the Game Boy Color. I believe was released in. Well, I think it's 2002, and even that sounds. Late, I'll look it up. Late right to now. me, but yeah, please, please look. I think it really was about that late. Because you know, I know a lot about Game oh, Boy yeah, Color. No, here games. it is. Yeah, the, the the producers of physical media talk about re-releasing 2002's Shantae. So yeah. Shantae was originally on the Game Boy Color. It was a very, very, very late release for the system. Um, it was well reviewed. It immediately became a very expensive game. Um, just a loose cartridge of Shantae alone, right now, I would say is. I've always. The, the price in my head has always been 300 300 300 because that's what it was forever but i think it's actually closer to four or five hundred now oh, it's a, it's just for right a now. loose cartridge um there's lots of repros on yes there. tons of repros we've had uh precisely one uh actual one come through the store in my time being oh really there. yeah one. yeah and i, I mean i kind of wanted it but i didn't enjoy the shantae that i had played later can so, i even find a real one the last last two that sold on ebay both in april a week apart buy it now for Six fifty and five hundred dollars just for the cartridge. Yeah. Holy crap! If you look at historically, complete, up- complete copies go for a, a couple thousand. I think it, it's the. Uh, I, I don't think it's Holy exaggerating shit. to say it's the rarest Game Boy. It's game. the magical chase of the Game Boy Color. We'll just say it's 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 rare and it's coveted. It hits both. So um, it's this is where you know companies like this uh, can do a lot of good. We are getting an official re-release of the game, a reprint. On cartridge, a reprint. So now everyone who wants it will be able to, How to get f- it. Well, not a bootleg. They'll get a not nice a version. It'll be it'll be an official, nicely done, not a crappy copy. AliExpress version. Um, that said, it's also going to be ported to the Switch. And from what I hear, the bonus material, the bonus stuff that you would get in the original Game Boy Color game by playing it on a Game Boy Advance, um, is going to be in the Switch version as well. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So that's going to be cool. And what makes that neat is once they do that, uh, they are also porting Risky's Revenge to the Switch. So um, by the end of the year, uh, you'll be able to play the entire Shantae series on the Switch from beginning to end. That's pretty cool. Um, I like it when that starts to happen with these long-running series. Um, I think on the PS4, you can play basically every... You can play every mainline entry in Resident Evil on a PS4. I like it when that happens, when things work out like that. So that's pretty neat. Um, This isn't the first Game Boy game they've done, Limited Run. uh, They did... um, They did the Star Wars Game Boy game, I believe. Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, Back, I believe. Yeah. Um, but this may be the first Game Boy Color game. Yeah, so they, so limited run the past uh, what two three years they do they do their own little online little video cheeky cheesy thing. It's great with all the green screen. They do like the cutout mm-hmm. audience. It's it's great. It's it's great because this is what you need nowadays. Uh, and they live stream it and it got tons of people watching it. You, you don't need you don't need to go to E three to show off your you know your games like this. You just do you know no. you put a little production. Have fun. Do it your way. Yeah, get your message across. I mean, companies like Limited Run and you know the aforementioned uh, Devolver Digital always seem to have a very good time doing this stuff. So yeah, and it resonates with the people who are watching it. They don't yeah. feel like they're watching a bunch of you know stuffy bullshit that they don't need to watch. You, you get people up there like the bad actors <laughs> on stage to play the game, and they're reading. You can tell they're getting fed. Keanu the Reeves lines. is a good actor, but yes, 
No, I'm talking about when they get like yeah, the models yeah. on stage to play the. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that as much, but even like three, four, five years ago, they get people. Wow, this is fun. It's like, come on, man, come on. You you hire them off the street. You know these these models here. Okay, so do we have a price on the on the Shantae re-release yet? Not that I saw on here. Um, this is what the interview with the funny uh, from this article what was said. Um, oh, I just I just had it. I, I, what happened to the article? I, I just had it. Oh, here it is. Um, I just had the. I totally lost the interview. Here it is. Okay. Uh, when Josh Josh uh, Fairhurst from Limited, Limited Run Games said. Our pal Josh, I'm excited to reveal it, reveal it. You'll no longer have to pay $400 for an official Shantae cartridge on the Game Boy Color. He was actually understating the price. At the time of this writing, the original card can sell for over $500. Oh, okay. Yep. With, with box copies selling in the thousands. This re-release will allow so many fans of the series to legally play the game in this beloved series. And I think we, we sometimes understate what that means to people. It's like people say, oh, why just buy the, the, the cheap repro? Some people feel weird about that. You probably know some people. It's like, eh. Yeah, I feel weird. When we get an official, you get you know they're gonna put probably cool little little extras in it, little feelies you want to have. You're gonna have the little manual they're gonna do. It's just different to have it on there, right? If you, if you really love the series, you're a fan of the series. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get some knockoff game that you know might short circuit in a week. You know what I mean? There's crappy crappy colors, what have you, right? So there you go. All right, is this something... Do you like this, the, the game enough that you would look into getting this for the That's run? what I was saying at the beginning. This is actually a series that I feel like I need to go back and try. I think the only one I've ever played was Risky's Revenge, and I did not like it. Uh, I did not think it... I, I loved the art, and I loved the music. I did not feel like the level design was very good at all, which was kind of a problem I had with Way Forward games at the time. You're trying to come around and wait for it in the past I have. Years. I, I, I have. You, you've, the, done, you've done a 360 or 180. Yeah. In, in the past couple of years, a lot of the stuff they've put out, I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, but yes, I, I would, you know, the Shantae series is something that I should enjoy. It's bubbly. It's cute. It's colorful. It's 2D. It's platforming. It's a Metroidvania. There's yeah, no yeah, reason yeah. I shouldn't like it. So purple, I should probably try it again. Purple hair g- girl showing her midriff. It's got, a, got it all. <laughs> She's a real cutie. <laughs> So, not going to say how much this is going to cost, but it looks like the Star Wars Game Boy went for uh, forty dollars. That was on the blister. You know, they did the blister. They did the blister packs. So yeah, I, I can see this maybe being in that sort of in that area of cost forty to fifty dollars for a Game Boy game. They usually try to keep their releases really fairly reasonable. I think I don't think I've seen a standard release they've done be more than fifty. They're for the people, right? Now, here's the question: and Those are usually ones with lots of DLC included. The 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 twenty thousand dollar question which is what the Contra cost, which shouldn't cost that much sealed. Will this affect the old game's value after it comes out? Um, I don't... I don't think it's necessarily going to change its value. I think it's going to change the amount of... I don't think it's going to change the amount of... I, I do think it will change the amount of people looking to buy it, if that makes sense. Because a lot of people are going to go, oh, okay, this is good enough. I have it physically. Well, that affects the value, though. Right. I, well, in, what I'm saying is, is I feel like people who really give a shit, people who really care about rarity, yes, I still feel like something that rare, like that original copy of Shantae, is probably still going to go for... It's probably still going to trade there's hands. There's collectors that will still it, want It'll it. trade hands for three to $400 still at the end of the day, but the market that gives a shit about it is going to be significantly less because there's a cheaper other option that other people are going to see is just as authentic. 
Well, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that it caused it directly. But when the NES Classic and SNES Classic came out, that was during the time of the prices going down in all those games. It didn't help. Those games did not go up at all for for certain. They went down, um, and obviously prices trickled up the past what four months because we're in we're in 2020 is like the fucking Twilight Zone year where nothing matters anymore and rules don't apply. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know how many people want to spend four hundred dollars to play this legally anyway in, in, in the first place. If you look at price charting on this, this game was a res- was reasonable. When I say reasonable, like 250, 280 range, up until it looks like it jumped up. The real jump up started happening fall of 2018. So like two years ago, it really started going up. Is that when the, the new games came out? Is that what happened? About I that? mean, that might have been when one of the new games came out. But I mean, the Shantae games have been coming out I think Risky's Revenge, which was the sequel, I think that came out in like 2008, 2009. Because for 10 years, it's been a game that went for close to $200. Yeah. It went down, actually went down to 150 in like 2012. I'm looking at price charging. It was a $200 game for like six, seven years, and then it slowly came up to 300 the past three years. So like that's stable. Now it's exploded for double the cost the past year. And the, and actually the peak looked like, the, the peak was actually looked like March of last year, according to price charting. It was the, the average was five ninety four. Now it looks like the average is five hundred, unless they didn't take into account that six hundred and fifty dollar one. Then, I, or or I, can, or I can go conspiracy and say those were never completed auctions, and they're and they're milking the system. And, this, and who knows? Like that, like I said, that can happen. We talked about that as a, as a podcast topic. How uh, we don't know if this stuff's actually being paid for in price charting and still including the prices, right? The values of them. So, all right. But either, hey, if you're a fan, I, I've never played any game in the series. Ian, you think I like it? You think I, I enjoy it? Yeah, you might. I might. It seems like it'd be up your alley. Okay. I, 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 all right. Well, maybe uh, maybe uh, I don't own any limited run games. Maybe I should. Maybe I should, I should dive on in and support support the pals there that we know and love. Uh, okay. Um, all right. We're going to skip the scumbag cell of the week uh, here. We're going to go right to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast gets you some writings, which I gotta do today. Yes, you do. I know which one I'm gonna do. We also, uh, full uh, video podcasts. Oh, uh, that was a half slip. Full video podcasts, hangouts. I'm gonna do my hangout this week, Sunday morning. Uh, it's news to me. I gotta post it. Yeah, other stuff. Stuff. Stuff and and stuff. you get to vote on the Patreon poll in yeah. third place. Th- these were, I think, three good choices. And favorite things about the start of the summer: you were a beach kid when you were a beach kid. Um, that's only twenty-one percent. Uh, that's going to be done by me by August if it doesn't come out because now we're past the start of the summer. What video game? This one I thought was going to win, and I actually had a, had a couple of ditties prepared for a game. So this might win in the future. What video game should be turned into a Broadway musical? Twenty percent. I don't know how I thought of that one, but that actually makes sense to me. Uh, someone someone tweeted that. Did at they us. tweet that? Yeah. Okay. A couple, not, uh, a couple weeks. Then yeah. I should not. T- then it was subconsciously implanted in my mind. Yeah. I should not. No, because I remember yeah. reading that one and like I never wrote it's it. It's a good down. idea. Yes. Okay. But number one, Ian, summer game rental memories at fifty-one percent. That's a blockbuster. All right. Uh, I can go. Okay. I can go. Um, I've got two memories that I think kind of fall around summer game rentals. Memories. One one being. Um, a bit more recent well i mean not recent recent but i wasn't a kid i was in high school and uh the dreamcast was getting ready to come out and i was super excited uh for it um i'd been following it in the you know the 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 magazines and all that 
and uh, Hollywood Video, which no longer exists. Uh, they were uh, it was Hollywood Video and Game Crazy. They were kind of like a uh, out here. They were like two separate stores in we, Western New York. Hollywood Video also just sold uh, video games and stuff as we well. We just had Hollywood Video as a regional chain. Yeah, and Palmer Video, Dick Palmer, Ace Reporter, um, and they did a uh, pre-release rental of. Uh, promotion for the Dreamcast. So basically, you could go rent a Dreamcast, come in a big case, come with a controller, and it would come with Sonic Adventure, and you could keep it for like a whopping, I don't know, like I think it was like two days or 24 hours or something like that. It was long, a little bit longer than that. It was 48 hours. Usually it was only 24 hours, unless you got like that weekend. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's all it was, 24 hours. That's all I'm remembering. And I was like super excited to go do it. So, um, you know, my mom drives me over to Hollywood video to do it. And I think it was like 50 bucks or it, it wasn't like crazy expensive for the actual rental. Maybe it was like 30 or 40 bucks for the rental. Um, for like the weekend. Yeah. For the weekend. But especially because it was a pre-release system and they weren't out yet. Oh. They were like, and we'll need a credit card for a $300 deposit. <laughs> You're out of risk. You're out of risk. <laughs> and my mom looks at me and she's like, if you fuck this thing up. And I'm like, I promise you, your, I will not this fuck your, this thing this up. This is your Christmas present or your inheritance. Right. And I think the, I think 300 ended up being more than the system cost at launch. Because I bought a Dreamcast at launch, but I don't remember what it cost when it came out. Um, so uh, I remember taking it home and they didn't give you a memory card with it. Ooh. So my brother, myself, and uh, my friends just sat there and, you know, now thinking back on it, we had to take care of this Dreamcast. We let the Dreamcast run for 24 hours so we could play through Sonic Adventure. Um, and it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And I, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's a weirdly fond memory. Um, it's hard for me to think of a time in games where games seemed more fun and more exciting. Uh, that was a very exciting well, point in time for gaming for me. Uh, a lot of the, you know, the stuff that American audiences thought was strange was finally starting to get accepted. So, you know, the, the same year that the Dreamcast came out was also the year that we started seeing DDR machines come stateside and all of a sudden video games like they the just... pop culture was bleeding over. Yeah, it seemed yeah. very... It was an interesting time to be into that, games. That you like, know, imports started to become a thing to the point where um, EB Games was carrying you know, imports behind the counter for a while of some of the more popular titles. So that's one summer rental memory. The other one is... Yeah, yeah. It, it, Anime started to come over more in the late 90s too, I yep. believe. So that was, yeah, it was just a, it was an exciting time for games, and I'll always remember, you know, uh, renting that, that Dreamcast with my mom being like, if, <laughs> if you fuck this up, you're dead. Um, as far as other rentals, I can't think of specific rentals. However, I always, in my head, the summer was always a time where the neighborhood I grew up in was full of fucking kids from... Nine in the morning until nine in the evening, you know, the street that I grew up on was just a mess of dirty kids running around barefoot, you know, throwing shit at each other, playing water guns, playing street hockey, um, you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, a good number of us on that street had Nintendos. So we were constantly, probably much to our parents' dismay, constantly just using our grubby hands and trading cartridges back and forth. You know, I might have three cartridges out at a time, you know, and I might have, you know, someone else's. And uh, one game that always sticks out in my head is being one of those games that I constantly borrowed when I was a kid um, in the summer was Contra. 
Uh, I played a lot of Contra in the summer. Um, I didn't own Contra myself until I was in high school. That was always a game that I had to borrow from friends. So just because of how my memory works, I, I, I associate Contra with summer gaming. Okay. I always had to borrow Ninja Gaiden from either Kevin or we rented it. Contra was also borrowed from Kevin. <laughs> oh, you're Kevin? Yeah. So I always got Ninja Gaiden. That was a game that, because I was like, looking back, I'm like, why, how was I ever so good at Ninja Gaiden whenever I started replay? I was like, oh, I played a lot as a kid and I started to remember. Yeah, I, I, Kevin had it. I borrowed from Kevin. And then I'd rent it. Um, and did that a lot. So at first I didn't know where to go with this at first. But then I remembered the Blockbuster Video Game Championship. Ah. Of uh, shit. Which one was it I do? They had what? Two of them? 93, 94. I did the Super Nintendo one. I did the one that was not... God, I don't know anything about the Blockbuster one. I did the one. I used to have the hat. I used to have that blue hat back in the day. So my contest was, you did it three weeks. You picked either Genesis or Super Nintendo. You did NBA Jam. You did um, Ninja Turtle Tournament Fighters on Super Nintendo for some reason. You did that. And then you did, I cannot remember the third game. So, but I remember... F-Zero? Why does F-Zero stick out? It was not F-Zero. It was not F-Zero. That that I remember. Yeah, fuck me then. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I'm just saying it wasn't. (laughs) No, I know. know. (laughs) I know. Um, But I got to look that up now. 1993 Blockbuster World Championship. So anyway, so but I remember specifically training for it. I rented the Tournament Fighters on Super Nintendo. Oh. Because <laughs> I was like, I never played this before. Super Nintendo one's actually kind of fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun. I, I, think, I think I reviewed it for the book. I, I definitely reviewed it on the NES uh, there. No, it was fine. Um, so I remembered that specific, that rental just to bone up on that game. But, but I fucked up because I... Um, no, I don't think I got to the third round. I don't think I qualified... Because I screwed up an NBA Jam because Ewing failed me. I picked, I, I was just dunking it every time and letting the other team score. It was all based on your score. I went for threes with Ewing, and Ewing was usually pretty good at threes. He went cold on me on threes. <laughs> I, I basically turned to John Starks, game seven, 94. Fuck you, John Starks. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't think I qualified for the third week because of that. But I got to the second round of that, and I didn't get to the finals of my store, uh, unfortunately. So that was a big game rental in the summer. Uh, I'll never forget, though, a couple others. Uh, the the one I'll never forget. I'm pretty sure it was summer. Um, we had we had only one local um, little um, mini mini marketplace. Um, it was where I lived residential. There was not nearby commercial areas. It was either like you had like a place that had like a tailor shop next to a pizzeria, and that was it. It was like literally in the middle of like a residential area. It's mm-hmm. one of those sort of deals. You know, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. If you grew up in the suburbs, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Like, either you get a lot or you get like these little, it was like, so it, it was like pizzeria and a tailoring shop in one little, you can't even call it a mini mall. Just one. I know. Uh, next yeah. to it was a gas station across, and then next to that what was the, the little, um, I think it was originally called, uh, it might be originally called Stop and Go uh, there. It was owned by, owned by an Indian family there. That was the only place that was in within biking distance or walking distance if it wasn't that Ian I, you'd have to go you know three miles four miles away to somewhere so but they rented they had a very robust VHS rental section and yeah they had the beads in the back for the adult section there and they had they had a little wire shelf the, the wire display to rent NES games there you know they'd have about 25 games 20 games not a huge amount compared to like your blockbuster yeah or, there's gonna be or, something you don't have though yeah but the, the odds were better there than, though, than going to like a, a, 
a Palmer video because it's less competition. This is literally people in the neighborhood. You know, this is literally people that live there that are, you're not coming from out of town to go to this place. Right. So the one day I walk in there and I see this magenta cartridge and I'm like, what the hell is that? It was, and I'm like, you know, nine years old, eight years old. It's first time I've ever, ever saw a multi-cart and I could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, why does it have a little ribbon on it? Like that. And, and I remember we, uh, I rented it, brought it back because I looked at the game. Like, I'm like, this is, this is, no, this is sorcery. A hundred games on this cartridge. Like, no, <laughs> no. And it was a heavier cartridge. That's sorcery, how like, indeed. like, why is it heavy? So I rented that. I brought it back. And I remember I played it with Billy on the block. Um, and I never forget it because it had Tetris Tengen. And that had that was not a game we were aware of, I think, at the time. Cause like it, 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 so it must have been 89 then because that's when Tetris Tengen came out because that was a pulled from shelves within like a month uh, when that came out. So you're like, wow, this is a cool version of Tetris. Yeah. Like, this is cool. Like, it was, like, it was something different. So it, it seemed like we un- unlocked something. And yeah, it had... A lot of the black box games, because back then, 100, you weren't getting a lot of, like, games with a lot of space. But you got, like, almost all the black box games, you know. You got Super Mario Brothers on there. Um, and then you got some of the weird Famicom stuff that you would never have seen before. When you're when you're a kid that you don't know that, you know. I bet the, you Bird Week was on there. Bird Week? Bird Week's on, like, every multi Which one is Bird Week? What's the one where you play as a bird. Bird Week? Bird Week. Is that one word? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's two words. Yeah, I remember seeing that, I believe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it was on that car, but I've seen sure. that on there. Um, but it, it was sort of like the first gateway into gaming outside of your environment because it's like, wow, I don't know if, I, this, if this is legal. It wasn't, the, that they had it there and we rented. And then I, I think it was, I didn't see it there many, many weeks after that. I don't remember seeing that cartridge there anymore. Uh, and that specific multi-car, I believe it was magenta. I don't think I've ever seen again. I know it was not gray. Because that's when Melee stood out. I sure. think it was magenta. So I went out there and it has a magenta multi cart with a with a you know like whatever re- regular sticker on it. Yeah, let me know. I, I'd love to see if that was the one because I'd have probably total recall if I if I saw that one ever again. So that was a, that was a one that I'll never forget, and I will also never remember uh, for, never forget renting Turbo Graphics uh, games. I think it must have been summer of. Let's see when I got Turbo Graphics, I got it in '89. Uh, that that winter, um, so no, I got it winter of '90. Uh, Turbo Graphics, I believe. After it had already been out. No, it was '89. So it must have been summer of '90. And then Easy Video, which you probably had some Easy Videos. Did you have them? No. That, that was a semi-regional mm-hmm. chain Easy Video. Never heard of Easy there, Video. There was a lot of them. They had Turbo Graphics games somehow. That was like one of the one or two plays I ever knew that they rented Turbo Graphics, and I rented Dragon Spirit. As a kid, believe, yeah, it wasn't the NES one. I remember it was the Turbo one I rented, uh, and I played that at the time. So those are like my, my two big uh, rental memories. Oh, it was the Blockbuster one. Damn it, I don't know why I didn't dunk it with Ewing. I would have got to the finals. I can't remember what the third game was. Someone's going to tell me. Maybe it was F Zero. Maybe it was F Zero. It probably would have been a racing game. Racing games are easy to put in competitions. Yeah. I remember the Sega ver- version used a racing game, but I can't remember which one it was. And for some reason, on Wikipedia, I cannot find the Blockbuster Video Game Championships. Why can't I find it? Blockbuster Video Game Championships. I did two, 93 and 94 here. Why is it not coming on Wikipedia? I'm, I'm losing my fucking mind. How's that not on here? Sorry. I don't know. Am I just totally lost at this point? Yep. 
Okay. Is that it for the CU podcast? Are we done? That's it. We're done. We're tapping out. We're tapping out. We did good. We'll go home, order some lunch right while I'm waiting for lunch, and then take a fucking nap because I am well, you, sleepy. Well, you got it right. I, did you just hear what I said? What did you say? I said I'm going to go home, order lunch right while I'm waiting, and then take a nap. Okay, you were like yawning. Okay. Or I just I just blanked that because I'm starving myself. Jesus Christ. Oh, I got half a breakfast burrito left. Woo! That's six days old. It's Ooh. still good. They, they last like two weeks, yeah, almost. Burritos are timeless. The, the salsas are not. The salsas have like a half-life of like three days. Yes, they, got, will, they especially, will go especially, bad. especially the green ones. You, the, uh, the green ones are my favorite, but they, they turn. They yeah. turn. That yeah, shit's fresh. They turn. But, oh, those carrots, Ian. Those carrots last. Turn, turn. All right. All right remember, I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Contry. I'm going to be on Twitch probably Friday or Saturday. Ian will make an appearance at Luna Video Games 2 locations. And uh, we got our stuff at UltimateNintendo.com for sale, including the new... NES Punk Enamel Pin. Buy the set. Buy the pair. We now do a combo deal. Buy the set. Do a combo deal. There Twice you go. the pat. Twice. Oh, that's right. You, you get it's it's two pats to one Ian if you get both. There you go. <laughs> two pats, one Ian. All right. That's 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 something I want to think about. 